It's episode 12 of the Left Side Heavy Podcast. Today I have on the Speaker Peace Podcast crew, uh, Ian McNaughton and Scott... What's your last name, boy? I can't see it on the screen here. Last name's Konkin. Konkin. Scott Konkin. How's it going, boys? Thanks for joining the show. Good, man. We're doing good, Jeff. It's good to see you. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. We, uh, Me and Ian are in the BCIT sports broadcasting class, and... That was an unreal class. I don't know if, what your opinions were, but that, that I had a probably, lot of fun doing that. I was, was going to say, that's probably the best class I think I've ever had. By far. Yeah. Yeah. And it without, was, without a doubt. It was like, it didn't feel like I was doing homework. No, no. This is, no, this it's is the just easiest. like what I would do on a Friday night. Yeah. And it's just like, your homework is to watch an episode of Sports Center. It's like, yeah. okay, easy. Like, yeah. I, I can do that. I can deconstruct that. Not a problem. Yeah, like, I was telling my girlfriend who's in crim at SFU, and she's, like, stressing out and stuff like that, and she's going crazy, and I'm like, yeah, so I'm just going to do homework tonight, and she's like, what do you have to do? I'm like, I have to watch the Heat versus Lakers game of the NBA Finals, (laughs) (laughs) and she's just, she just, like, hung up the FaceTime call, and she's like, okay, whatever, like, I don't care. She she probably thinks you're joking, and then it's like, no, I actually have to watch this game, and then we're going to talk about it. Yeah, it was the first time I was excited about doing an assignment. I was like, ah, like I had a beer in my hand and I was like doing that and I was like, hey, I just have to watch Jimmy Butler score 30, and that's it. Could, couldn't recommend it enough. Shout out Brian. I don't know if Brian yeah. will listen, but shout out Brian and couldn't yeah. recommend it enough to uh, to anybody. I, I, if you love sports, I would totally go for it. Yeah, 100%. I want to go into radio arts. Because Brian is a teacher within that yeah um program, so like he was like one of the best teachers I've had. Oh like, yeah, yeah. It was just easy. I got to talk to like, or I guess we got to. Like I've always wanted to talk to Dan Murphy, and he was probably my favorite one out of everyone we had on. Or uh, Adam Forsyth, that one was cool too. I I was gonna say Murph was good. Forsyth was was good. Um, I could rattle off. I don't want to name drop all, but it was like we we had really good class. Couldn't rem- yeah. recommend it enough. Super good time. Yeah. So uh, how was your guys's uh, holidays, or how's your holidays going right now? But your Christmas, Boxing Day, was that all good? Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, really, just you know, being home this year has been a lot of fun, and obviously the juniors are on now, which is always yeah. the best part of the holidays, no doubt about that. So, um, yeah, it's just been good to be home and. Good to yeah, do a day earlier this year. Yeah, man. It's not nothing wrong with that. So No. You get to no. open up a gift that your dad doesn't know what you got from your parents <laughs> and then you can watch uh Sweden play. But yeah, it was uh it was kinda cool. Um what did you guys get? Were you guys good boys this year? Yeah. No, no, Scott, you have you have to. Mine wasn't that exciting, Scott. You have to go okay. and tell. I'll go first. So I, I think safe to say I was on the nice list this year. Uh, just I wasn't at home for Christmas last year, so I think my parents kind of like doubled up this year. I don't know what happened, but um, I got a Kirby Doc jersey, one of the old uh, like the U18, like the the, the black. Oh, okay. Yeah, one of those, pretty sick. And then 
I also got a JBL Charge 4. You know, oh, like the big-ass speakers? They're pretty big. Not not massive, but, like, okay. good. It fits in. Yeah, it's a really good one. Um, And then, what was I got? I got, like, a North Face. It's, like, a travel backpack, but it's fully waterproof. Oh, that's huge. Kind of useful. So, yeah, man. And then just got some, like, chocolate and, like, some clothes and stuff. It was pretty good. I was gonna say I, I I didn't have nearly I mean I'm not that I'm complaining I, I mostly just got books I got I think about three books I got for Christmas uh like a, a book on Canadian heroes by Peter Mansbridge uh Murray Howe who's the son of Gordy Howe he, he talks about his father and a, a biography autobiography kind of uh and then an, another hockey book too so I just got hockey books uh I got socks candy. Still a success- successful Christmas. So oh, that's explain. always a successful push. Yeah, yeah, always yeah. a successful Christmas. You just get chocolate and all that. Chocolate, ch- chocolate, Starburst. Um, I, I've been with my grandparents for a bit, and my grandmother like makes so much home baking. So, oh, right, yeah. Rice Krispies, Snickerdoodles, mm-hmm. uh, shortbread. Like, I, I, I'm so thankful this holiday season. Yeah, my mom was the Christmas baker this year. She. Oh. She went out like all out this year. Uh, butter tarts, Nanaimo bars, shortbread cookies. She went the whole nine yards. It was unreal. Yeah. Making me hungry. Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice, man. That sounds great. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. So um. So uh, you guys have your own podcast, Speak Your Peace, and uh, tell the listeners what you guys got going on over there and what it's all about and when you guys started it. Uh, I guess I'll take the lead on this one. So speak your piece. Uh, it's just a bunch of us who uh, either live in like around Van or some of us are in Kelowna, some of us are in Vic. Uh, we're mostly a sports media brand. Uh, today we just published our Bachelor Bachelorette Part 2 uh, episode with a couple of our friends who go to UBCO, mostly Scott's friends, but they go to UBCO. So we discussed that. Uh, we, we've been doing this for about kind of a year and a half if it's it's more of a passion project for myself that you know try and get other people involved scott like loves doing it uh our buddy rav uh our, our buddy keith armin like we just love talking sports uh mostly pods some youtube stuff social media uh if you get a chance to please follow us on instagram uh sub to us on youtube uh greatly appreciated we'll obviously like promote jevin stuff because jevin does great work too but Mostly, if I had to define it, I just say it's like a, I just say it's a sports media brand, uh, with a little pop cu- pop culture, a little music, but mostly sports. Yeah, I uh, I saw one of your clips on Instagram, and you guys were talking about the reverse retro jerseys, and some of the clips are even like a good laugh. So like, follow the Instagram. There's a lot. Um, what is it at Speak Your Peace? It's Speak You. It's speak you are so it's speak you are peace uh, on Instagram. Uh, yeah. Ba- yeah. So we're we're still growing. Obviously, we're not perfect. We're trying to get better all the time. But if you could follow us, huge thanks to anybody who follows. Yeah, we'll go over uh, tags at the end. But no, it's definitely yeah. a good brand to follow. Um, it's yeah, it's just like there's a lot of variety going on over there. But yeah, it's a good show. Um, so this episode, we're going to start off with the most recent, I guess, yeah, most recent thing that just started was the World Junior Championships. Started off hot. We got it a day earlier this year. Um, how have you guys thought about it so far? 
I think it's been really interesting. Um, for the first thing it stands out is Group B is an absolute mess. And we can thank yeah. the Czech Republic for that one against their 2 nothing shutout against Russia. That was such an impressive game. Yeah. That was crazy. Right? I think that was like one of the games that Czechs, one of the teams that kind of has Russia's number, always plays them tough. Russia yeah. will always be like on paper more dominant than the Czechs. But it's kind of like Minnesota and Vancouver. Vancouver, like, they have a lot more star-studded talent on the team. Patterson, Hughes, Besser, Miller, Horvat, Like, they got a bunch more. Not saying Minnesota doesn't, but Minnesota always, like, plays them tough. I gotcha. And it's, like, like kind of that thing. Um, like, going into the bubble when Vancouver was, like, the play-in to the bubble with against Minnesota... I was honestly like, yo, Vancouver's a better team, but I'm still kind of worried about this because I could see Minnesota beating us. Luckily, they didn't. But, yeah, I think Czech always plays Russia tough, and they ended up shutting them out 2-0. Well, the thing with the Czechs that's interesting is how they play such a trap. Again, you saw in the game, even today and also was was yesterday, they play that really solid 3-2. So all their their players, forwards, defensemen, they're all backing up. So they're not letting anyone through the middle of the ice. And the only way to beat that is, like we saw today with the Americans, is you beat them with speed. And, you know, the Americans with the Zegers, Caulfield, and some of their faster guys, Turcotte as well, um, they just kind of, like, obliterated that neutral zone trap. And that's what, that's how they yeah. got goals, right? And they turn, turned the defense around, created openings for their guys. And um, overall, just, yeah, it, but it makes sense how the Czechs beat the Russians. Just unreal trap, and the Russians just couldn't get by. Yeah, it's um because Russia plays a lot of skill, so they kind of rely on that. Yep. And sometimes check, they kind of just take it to them. If they really suffocate skill players, then there's not really much else you can do. 100%. And you can kind of expose Russia that way, as seen with the checks. Um, Ian, have you followed along with any of this? I have, and it's there's been quite a few blowouts I noticed. It's kind of been my big takeaway is just how many like blowouts are just not that close games. Which, I mean, it's gonna kind of happen like in a year like this where the NHL hasn't started, and you like Canada when they played Germany, they had more first round picks on their team than Germany had players. Yeah, like it, it's not really surprising, um, and it's not really surprising seeing the U.S. beat Austria. Or Canada, just before we started recording this, they beat Switzerland. It was a 10 nothing was the final, I think yeah. it was. Like it, It's noticeable, but it's not surprising. Like It's kind of just as a result of what we've seen so far. Yeah, I take that Canada-Germany game with a grain of salt because that was a back-to-back for Germany, and they have well, like six or six to eight players missing from their team because they all got COVID as soon as they came. So I, I take that game with a grain of salt, and I think that Germany could have put up a tougher fight if they had even, like, a day of rest and then played them because Canada was fresh. That was their first game of the tournament. And obviously they blew them out 16-2. But Canada obviously have to be favorites going into this game. Kirby Doc getting injured brings it down a bit. But I wanted to focus on the Americans right now because they're playing really good hockey. They lost to Russia opening... Uh, on Boxing Day, but Zegris, Trevor Zegris is playing lights out right now. He's like he's playing unreal. He's proving as to why he's one of the most highly touted prospects. Like Anaheim's a lot 
hockey team that what do they have? Zegers and Drysdale now. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Scott again because Scott's a Ducks fan. Just give Scott like a oh, few seconds. Oh, you're a Ducks fan. No he, let, let, let him discuss. Like, yeah. So Zegers is just so silky in the fact he's gotten so much better in improving his complete game. He's gotten better defensively yeah. and. For me, I always thought of him like last year when I watched him. He was always a pass-first guy. He never, never. Yeah, he always looked to set up Turcotte, Caulfield, Kaliev even. And this year, he's now taking shots, and that's what's making him such a dangerous player because he's yeah. now got both elements of the game. And um, yeah, Anaheim's a lucky team, that's for sure. My my boys will be good. So. Yeah, because Zegers last year he had nine primary assists yeah. in the World Juniors. Now he has five goals five assists mm-hmm. in the tournament so he's just like there's not really anything he can't do he's really controlling the ice when he's out there and Electric. he has yeah, yeah and yeah. he has little jitterbug caulfield buzzing around out there he can what did he score like 76 goals in the final year of the his uh u.s program year it was something it like was draft. high it was like 50 yeah. plus at least yeah yeah it, so they're all just a bunch of, like, stuff. Like, watching the U.S. play today against the Czech was like watching, like, the rep team go up against the house team. Like, those, yeah. like, like those guys are just absolutely skilled dudes who are incredible, can do just about anything, and the Czechs don't really have an answer for it. They just can't slow them down. Yeah, yeah so it's... Uh, in, like, you just see that the team was... Def- the Czechs were deflated, and that was just yeah. game over. Yeah, yeah it's game over. Um, U.S., yeah, they're really good this year. 21 goals, 4, 5 against. They're, yeah, only loss coming to the Russians. Sweden looks to continue their undefeated streak in round-robin play. Do they play tomorrow? And so, so the American, so the, uh, Sweden, I think, plays tomorrow, but they're playing the Americans on Thursday, I believe, for the New Year's, New Year's Eve game. Year? Yeah. Yeah, so do you guys think Sweden finishes undefeated again in round robins? I, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say the Americans break the streak, but it's it, Sweden is so good. Like, Swe- like Sweden, like, and I, I'm saying that, and I don't wholeheartedly believe it. Like, I'm just kind of saying it, kind of hoping it happens, but not actually buying it. It, it just seems like the... The Swedes kind of feel like a team to beat in a way, and the Americans have to put a whole 60 minutes together if they want to beat Sweden. We'll see if that happens. I don't know that it will, but I'm going to say it will. My concern with the Swedes is their center depth. I'm not impressed. They're, the Swede wingers, Holtz and Raymond, to name a few, are terrific, and I'm just concerned about the centers, and that's going to eventually cost them down the road, especially against teams with Deep rosters like Russia, Canada, on obviously the U.S. are all very deep as well, down the middle especially. Um, so I just fear the Swedes, although they have a very strong backhand and strong wingers, I don't think their centers are going to hold up and they're going to lose to the U.S. Yeah, I I agree with you guys. I think they're going to lose to the U.S. But I think U.S.'s biggest X factor is Spencer Knight because he's shown from last year and even the first game against Russia – once you kind of expose him with, like, say, if you just get two quick goals on him, you kind of get in his head. I feel like his mental toughness isn't very high. So if you can kind of rattle his cage a bit, he, you can kind of knock him off his game. Because he can get in the groove with 
the Austrians or the Czechs of the world. But, I mean, with Russia, what did they get? Four pretty quick goals on them? Four before the halfway point of the second? They And, it, and they didn't so even get... I, I was going to say, the Russians didn't even get that nice of goals either. Like, they weren't, yeah. even, they weren't even that... Like, like those, like at least two, maybe even three of them in that Russia game, Knight should have had. One of them was a giveaway by Knight, too. Yeah. That just like, shoot it around the boards, and they just shot it from the blue line and turned it over. And that's yeah. when he got pulled. So I think Spencer Knight, if he can stay mentally tough and pretty solid, then I think U.S. can win any game they want. But if Spencer Knight gets knocked off his game early, I think the States are in for a tough game. So I think that that's... USA's biggest X factor. I, I do have and, to give a, I do have to give a shout out to Dustin Wolf if because I, I I have been with the Silver Tips. I'm an Everett Silver Tips fan. Um, I've seen Wolf play. He's a talented goalie in himself. If the night thing doesn't work out, Wolf's still a, like Wolf's no slouch either. Like don't sleep on Wolf. Yeah. He's a Flames prospect. But I, I I'm I'm on the same line with you, Jevin. Is that if Knight, you know, gives up like two quick ones, like two in a minute or two in say five minutes, it it yeah. could be a long night. Yeah, because he was drafted pretty high overall, 13th by Florida. And I think what was it, 2019, back when yeah all the national program was being drafted. Yeah, pretty so well. he's he's been having like a lot of pressure on his shoulders, and I it, he's played really well at Boston College and he's was great in the national development program. I, it's just weird whenever he gets to the national stage, he just kind of it's it's a whole different goalie. Like it's not the Spencer Knight that was drafted to Florida. And I obviously I think with professional training and development, he'll obviously be a real really good goalie in the NHL, but as for the World Junior goes, he just needs to try and keep things simple. I just feel like he just overthinks things a lot. And he carries that pressure, and he has he's just trying to live up to his name, but he's trying to do too much. 100%. He's all, yeah. It's also a tournament, too, so you can't really falter like that. And that's why, like Ian said, having Wolf, Wolf's no slouch, and he's a great goalie. He can't come from the uh, goaltending factory that is Everett. So, um, again, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Knight, and maybe maybe he will come, you know, rise to the occasion and and perform well, right? It, you just don't know, and um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him and Wolf in the cage for the U.S. Yeah. Um, are you guys? Uh, obviously, Canada's had really impressive wins, 16-2, tough one against Slovakia, 3-1, very close game, closer than they'd like, and then they just won 10 nothing over Switzerland. Do you guys, obviously not the hardest schedule they've had so far because they did win last year and Finland isn't the team they were last year. They're kind of a little bit not as skilled, but they're in obviously the easier group, benefit of winning. But obviously, do you think they can continue this against the tougher opponents in Sweden, U.S. or Russia? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, yeah, I, I think Canada's the team to team to beat like it's their tournament to lose i I love how canada's played too obviously like they have the the most talent of any team in this tournament but they've played phenomenally well like even like tonight the you know byfield who was on the like he was a bottom six forward um connor zari i thought had a really good game 
Uh, Pelletier, I thought, was Tomasino. really Tomasino. Tomasino, like, like, even those depth guys are still, like, making their opponents pay, which is something I really enjoy and really take notice in if you're going to be a successful team. It was a matter of time for the Canadians. Factor is Dylan Cousins. 100%. Sorry, what was that? I was going to say, it was a matter of time just for the Canadians to get their lines sorted and get all their players right. Yeah. And that, that's the thing. It's really... It was hard because, again, a lot of these guys haven't played all year, right? Yeah. And it's really hard to, you know, get in the groove. And I think the more games they play, the better they're going to get. And that's the thing with the Canadian team is that it is nice they had an easy schedule, but I think they're going to run the table. And eventually, once the lines start to click, like they did tonight, like a guy like yeah. Biden has now gone off. Cousins has had a big game. Um, even a guy like Tomasino, you said, uh, Jevin, and just – McMichael, too. McMichael needed to score today, and he did twice. So that yeah. was really um, – he needed to get on the board. So now, as a returning guy, he's going to be a big contributor coming up here in the next few days. I love watching Dylan Cousins play because he brings that fire in the lineup. Yeah. Like, he's a really skilled forward, but he can also be, like, in your kitchen all game. He can be a – he's a really good net front presence. Mm-hmm. He's feisty. He won't step down from anything. And he can bring that top line scoring that you can get from a Kirby Doc or a McMichael or a Krebs. Oh, like, too, yeah. yeah, like up for round picks on this freaking team. So some first line players have, has to be a third line player. Like Quentin Byfield isn't a third line center, but I mean, there's just. Not everyone can be on the first line, right? So someone has to be there. It's funny and you mentioned Cousins. Uh, Cousins has been doing – he's been big and physical and just a dominant player ever since he was in Bantam when I played against him. Um, really, really good kid. And he's just – again, he, he's. it makes sense he's been named the captain again. Obviously, they're not saying that he, they, like he's the captain, but he's got to wear the C. And, yeah. um, no surprise that he's been as dominant as he is, along with the other guys on his line. Yeah, because he's second or tied for first in scoring in the World Juniors right now with Zegers yep. at 10. So he's bringing it this year, and he's putting his name out there. NHL's coming around the corner. He's having the tournament that Kirby Doc went to the World Juniors for. And obviously Kirby Doc played, he had six points in nine games in the bubble with Chicago. But he's having the tournament that Kirby Doc wanted to go to the World Juniors for. Like he wanted to prepare for the NHL coming up. And unfortunately, Kirby Doc broke his wrist. He's out four to five months. But Dylan Cousins, this is it's going better than planned for him, I think. I agree. And Buffalo has a good prospect on their hand. Dylan Cousins. He has a Buffalo prospect. That German guy, Paterka, is pretty good, too. Yeah. He's pretty good as and, well. So. And uh, Germany, uh, Stutzla signed uh, his entry-level deal. Uh, yesterday I think. Yeah, yesterday. So yeah. So obviously, and he's having a good tournament as well. So Ottawa going into the NHL later. We'll talk about them, but Ottawa's lucky to have Stutzel as well. All right. Um, that's the World Juniors. Uh, Russia's currently beating uh who Austria. I think they're beating them like seven or something, or like five nothing, something crazy. Ooh. Wow. Canucks prospect Pod Colson has two goals. 
If I'm not mistaken, I saw him. I saw him score a couple. Four nothing. My bad. Four nothing. But yeah, so that game's going on right now in between periods. But shifting to the NFL. Um, I'm talking a lot of NFL on this podcast mainly because it's the only league going on. And there's a lot of divisions clinched, except a couple in each conference. So Steelers clinched the AFC North with their comeback win over Indy. Uh, the Chiefs obviously have clinched the AFC title. I think that happened last week. Um, Bills clinched the AFC East a couple weeks ago. And then Ian Seahawks clinched the West last week. Saints clinched the South. And the Packers clinched the North with dominant win over who do they beat? The Titans. And so we'll go to Ian's uh, Seahawks. How are you how are you feeling about your Hawks going into the playoffs? I'm feeling good. You know, I I, I, I don't know that we're the best team. I'm not gonna, you know, be all homer or biased there. We're not the best team. But you know, I'm real it's it's amazing what a few months can do because the defense yeah. was playing like garbage in the first six weeks of the year. They've now started to get the defense together. The pass rush is starting to get there. Uh, Russ wasn't making the turnovers like he was in the middle of the season, which, yeah, which is nice. His uh, early season form is coming back now. Yeah. Time. And and it, and it's kind of how like that's kind of how sports and football as well works. Like you know you're not gonna be on that same unless you're like Mahomes or Brady for like you're not gonna be on that same level all the time. Like you are gonna yeah. have your swings. It is a roller coaster. Uh, it's just as long as Russ isn't turning the ball over, that that's the biggest thing. So I, I'm pretty happy with how Seattle's doing right now. Yeah, because there's a lot of turnovers that Russ had that were easily avoidable. Like the one, the pick six against the Patriots back in week two, when it went right through Olsen's hands and McCourty was just chilling there. Yeah. And then, but Wilson's also made a couple plays where if he ran for like five yards instead of trying to force it into a tight window, then the MVP conversation would be a lot different and he'd be a lot more in it than it is right now. Yeah. But Seahawks offense, they obviously have one of the best ones in the league. It's just their defense. Did they come to play that day? And that's going to be the biggest factor or decision maker going into the game. Like that's going to be what decides it is whether or not they came to play. Sorry. I just had my laptop's almost dying. Yeah, no, with the, with the Seahawks, like, like I think we can compete with any NFC team. Like, I think Seattle yeah. can beat any NFC team on a given Sunday. Um, the Chiefs and Bills, even the Steelers, a little bit scare me. Like, those those three teams give me a bit of fear. But um, any, Seattle, there's a good. I, I think there's a, a, a not zero chance that Seattle can make the Super Bowl. The Steelers don't. I think the Steelers need a run game before I think they're legit contenders. Like, I like their pass game. Their defense is pretty good as well. And obviously, with Schuster and uh, Claypool as part of the receiving court, and some other guys are unreal on that team. But if they can't get a run game going, I think they'll be knocked out early, earlier than people think, at least. So, yeah, because even when their defense doesn't play their top game they're still like a top 10 defense in the league like they have a bunch of all pros on that team obviously Devin Bush is out for the year but they still have TJ Watt Minka 
They still have that veteran presence, Joe Hayden in the secondary. They got Bud Dupree, Hayward. Like, they got ballers on that defense. And their offense has been inconsistent the last four weeks. It's Ben Roethlisberger. Can he throw that day? Because obviously that game against the Bengals, he played awful, which helped me, my fantasy team. He was a deciding factor. I I needed him to get less than 10 points to go to the finals, and he got four and a half, so I was guaranteed money now. So that's that's what I lost in the finals, unfortunately. My team just didn't show up, but what can you do? Shout out but to the yeah, Bengals. So, yeah, shout out to the Bengals. They're my team now. Um <laughs> But yeah, the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, and their running game, like, cause when Ben Roethlisberger's on, like, usually everyone's on. They kind of feed off of him, and I think they need to get the ball to Claypool a bit more. I, uh, you like, see what what I what I see with the Steelers, it's not actually. I think Ben's okay. Like Ben's fine. He what he relies on a lot is having his receivers to make plays. Like I noticed, yeah. like with like the Steelers are gonna throw the ball fifty times a game. Like regard, they don't, they never run the ball. They never ran the ball when Ben's in there. Like that's just not who they are. They don't need a run game. But if guys like Juju are not making plays, if guys like Claypool aren't making plays, if Eric Ebron, who was my fantasy tight end because my team was absolute hell this year, if Ebron is dropping balls, then that's no bueno. Like they they need the guys to make their plays and to help Ben out because they're not they're not yeah. they're not going to run the ball. They just need the wide receivers to make the plays and to make sure their defense help holds whatever team under like twenty one points. Yeah, which I totally think they can do. It's yeah, it's whether or not their offense can break through. Um. A team that's getting more and more scarier is the Packers. And I, at the beginning of the year, I actually had Seahawks and the Steelers in the Super Bowl. And that looked really good at the start of the year. But then a few more things of each of their teams started getting a bit exposed. And then obviously Kansas City is Kansas City. Whenever they have a, their bad game is putting up like 24 points. And it's just, they're the, they're the new Patriots now. They're just going to be the dynasty that's going to control the league for a decade as long as Mahomes is there they're going to be controlling the league but the Packers man Aaron Rodgers favor to win the MVP Aaron Jones is a top five running back Devontae Adams that last game against the Titans after a uh, bad game the week before man like Green Bay, they have so many weapons on that. Or not so many, but, like, the weapons that they have are, like, top of the league. And their defense is above average, I'd say. So they're a scary team going into the playoffs as well. I like them also because they're in playing in Green Bay in cold weather. And some of the teams that they might play against are warm-weather teams. And that can be a little scary. Like Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And going into, uh, like... Minus, well, I guess, minus 15 degree weather in Green Bay is not really nice for a team from Los Angeles or from yeah. minus where? 60 with wind chill. Just, exactly. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. No, yeah, because Tennessee got exposed that game. They're not like used to playing in that weather. 
Okay, I, I can I can I just say I don't think Tennessee's that good to begin with. Like I don't think Tannehill's that that good of a quarter. It's literally Derrick Henry and like a decent pass defense. That's all the Titans are. Like yeah, I don't I, I don't I I don't think Tannehill's that like he's overrated. You you just have to stop Derrick Henry and you beat the Titans. I think Tannehill's properly rated. I, I think I think he's kind of underappreciated because I think he is pretty efficient with his off with his throws. And he can, but like he doesn't have to do a lot because he has Henry. But I think Tannehill, he has the ability to have a big game. I don't know if I'd rely on him like a whole lot, but I could, I'd be all right if we were like, all right, we need seven points with three minutes left. I can trust Tannehill because he has Corey Davis is coming to his own this year. He has AJ Brown and Johnny Smith has had a breakout year. Yeah. And Derrick Henry's a decent pass catcher. So I don't think Tannehill has to do a lot. So I do trust him, and he's really efficient with the throws. So I can trust Tannehill, but he's off, I don't think he's a top. I think he's just outside the top ten, maybe. He, he's within he, like twelve he, to fifteen, I think. I, I I don't quote me on this. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure Tannehill makes twice what Derrick Henry makes. Probably. Like and I, and I get that quarterback is more valuable than than a running back position. I get that. It's just there's like there's no way like Derrick Henry is arguably an MVP. Oh, like he's he, in, he's three, I'd say. Probably three. Like him and Josh Allen are hovering around the same place, right? I'd probably and, do Rogers. He, I think he might even be like. I think Mahomes, Henry, and Allen are all interchangeable, and then Rodgers won. Okay, that's fair, but there's, like, I don't know. I just, like, Tannehill, you can replace him with about, I would say, 15 to 20 other guys, and the Titans are still in the same position where they are. And I, and I, and I don't mind the Titans either. Like, I, I've, I've been a Derrick Henry fan. I, I like what the Titans are doing. I just, Tannehill's not my guy. I Fair just enough. wanted to get I just wanted to get that off my chest. So thank you for letting me do that, Jevin. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, hey, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let my platform be your uh, therapy session for sure. Whatever will make you grow in life, just come to me. <laughs> but um, just going scores over the past week. Um, Brady, who was on my bench, got 24 or more points than my starter. He went off in the first half alone, sat for the whole second half, and he was one of the best fantasy tight ends in the league. Um, but we'll start off Christmas Day. The big headline, Alvin Kamara tying an NFL record for six rushing touchdowns. Jesus. Yeah, it, w- it was not close. It was not no. much. It was not much of a game. Yeah, like Alvin Kamara is just insane. He, that like, six touchdowns. I and mean, even if some of them are a lot of goal line touchdowns there's still you still have to battle through like a goal line stand like what Kamara did that on Christmas day was unreal I I yeah I I, there's not a lot you can say other than that was an ungodly performance and you'll we probably will never see it early for a little while yeah just wait till McCaffrey and Barkley play next year, and then they go off for seven touchdowns, and then we're right back to this conversation. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, we'll go on a Boxing Day. Tampa pummels. Um, who do they play? 
They played the Lions. Uh, they played the Lions. Yeah, that's not really surprising. Tampa, like, they demolished them by, like, 40 points. That's whatever. That's kind of expected. But I want to uh, move on to Fitzmagic, the face mask dime. You guys see that? That was a great pass. Uh, that was, and, 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 and great is an understatement. Yeah, like he was, his head was touching his ass cheeks, and he just throws a dime along the sideline, and that was like a huge throw too. Like they needed that yeah. conversion in order to get themselves in the field goal position. Like it's not like it was just a third quarter up by forty throw. Like they needed that to happen, and he pulled it off. Yeah, some of it could have been luck, but he still he still was throwing there blindly. So I think he's just the best quarterback in the league. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> are, you, are we saying that Fitzmagic is actually the MVP and we've had this whole conversation wrong the entire time? Yeah, that whole uh, thing before was just for nothing. We wasted our time with that. Fitzpatrick's the MVP. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Uh... <laughs> no, but seriously, man, the Dolphins are... They're like... This was a huge year for them. And I don't know if they're going to... I don't know if this was just like a one like an off one off year that they did really good, but I think Brian Flores has put like set the mentality for this team to like they can be successful and what they're doing is they're on the right track. Then it's not just like you know just like a one off year. Like I think they've built the team properly. Their pass defense is pretty good. They've signed some good free agents that bolster that defense. And I think if they just get, like, another big receiver with Devontae Parker and let Tua, like, get the growing pains, you know, throw the turnovers so that you can learn from them, and, right? And I, I think I the Dolphins just, are on the right track to be really good in the next few years. I, yeah, I was going to say, like, echoing what you said, good pass catcher, uh, just let, let Tua, you know, let Tua cook. Yeah, and, and culture matters. Like culture matters. So like yeah. we're seeing it, we're seeing it with the Jets and how awful. Now they won two straight games, so maybe I'm wrong. But the like the culture in Miami is outstanding. I I hear the guys really love Brian Flores. Like yeah. I hear like he's a like he's a you know great leader with that team. So it, it's not surprising, and you know they could be a contender for sure next year. Amazing was, reversal in the AFC East, how the Pats were just so dominant, and now they just fell off a cliff. Yeah. Ridiculous. As a Pats fan, I was totally expecting that. I was expecting a down year. Like, Hightower, Chung, uh, Cannon, like, they all opted out. And we have, wide, like, Walmart cashiers as our pass catchers. Can't, <laughs> do, can't throw, like... I was gonna no, ask you. I, I was no, gonna ask you. Lot. I was gonna ask you about Newton. How you feel about Cam Newton? Like, is, is Newton gonna be the starter in New England next year? No chance. No chance. Okay. I, I don't see him bringing him back. All right. It's like he's like a placeholder. He's not okay. a he's not a future quarterback. I say we, because yo, we have fifty one million dollars in cap space this upcoming off season. Yeah. So, like, even if we – because I don't think Jarrett Stidham's the answer either. No, I don't think so. Um, he hasn't shown a lot with his chances. Like, he played almost the whole second half last week, 
and he didn't really do much. He was throwing inaccurate passes, and I like obviously some of that was some of the receivers, but even so, he was throwing them. So I think Stidham could be a good backup, but or like a subpar backup. But I think we need to really take our time with our quarterback position, maybe suck for a few years and get picks and then sign. I think we need to like focus on our uh, more of our secondary because J.C. Jackson had a really good year. And I think we should trade for Allen Robinson because he won't go to Chicago. That's spicy. So maybe trade for Allen Robinson and then maybe draft a quarterback or trade. If it's Magic, I'd trade for him. He's he's played for every AFC East team except the Patriots. Make it all four. (laughs) Why not, right? No, but yeah, I think Patriots, they really need to capitalize on this cap space that they have or suck for another year and hopefully they get a top 10 pick. I wouldn't mind that. Like yeah. I I am accepting the fact that it's not our time anymore and that we should not rebuild because I still think that we have some good young pieces that we can compete in the playoffs but we just need to make like a 1 to 2 year turnaround and I think that can happen with the amount of cast space we have and because we, there were still some bright spots, like Jacoby Myers and Bird had pretty good years for what they were dealt. Yeah. And Damian Harris is a good running back on a cheap contract. So I think if we can get our quarterback right and maybe get another big play receiver, I think we're, I think we're sitting pretty good. And if our if our COVID opt outs come back, then. Yeah. You know, maybe we can trade Stefan Gilmore too because I think he's played his last game as a Pat and he has a low uh, cap hit next year, just over $2 million. Yeah. So, And he obviously won Defensive Player of the Year last year, so he carries a lot of value with him. So if we can maybe trade him and a decent pick for uh, another first-round pick or something and actually use our first-round picks instead of trading out of it, <laughs> then... Maybe we can get even some more good young rookies and then sign or trade for some bigger players to make use of our cap space. I was going to say, welcome to the rest of us where you're having to plan out your future instead of just like looking forward to Super Bowls every year. Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah. just hop on Brady's back and ride the wave. Yeah. Um, but uh, one big thing I have in all caps on my piece of paper I have, is that the Jets beat the Browns. The Jets on a two-game winning streak, I think. Or did they lose last week? Yeah, no, they did. They, they, got, they doubled up. They doubled up their wins this year. Two wins, and they beat the 10-4 Browns. Literally, I think if the Browns win that game, then they're in the playoffs. Yeah. And yeah. they lost to the Jets. And I had the Browns defense on my fantasy team, too. So that was a kick in the nuts. That was a, no, that was actually that's actually a really solid play for most of the year. It's just putting like whatever defense is going against the Jets, like that's a really solid fantasy play all year. And yeah. it's probably the most streamable play. 
Yeah, exactly. Whoever's playing against the Jets, pick up that defense. Yeah. And say so now the Jets have won two games, they basically lose their uh, Trevor Lawrence pick. Yeah. yeah. I don't even think Sam Darnold is a problem. Is coaching. Uh, yeah, they, they, there is so many things wrong with the Jets, yeah. and and Darnold's not really one of them. Like, obviously, he's got some broken mechanics, and he's got to get another coach to come and fix that. But He's still the youngest quarterback in the league. Yeah. Like, I think I would have even traded out of the number one pick, even if I got it, because I think Sam Darnold's something you can build around. Because think about what you can do, what you can get for the number one. Because Trevor Lawrence is such a highly touted prospect. And like getting the number two, like obviously they can't trade out of that. Like they're not going to. But yeah, man. It, Jets, it, can't, it can't get any wor- It can't get any worse for the Jets, right? Like no, I, I think this is this is the lowest point. Yeah, they have to get better next year. This offseason, yeah. like, they have to. Like, this is just a horrific year for any Jets fan. Yeah. And, like, why are you trying to win games? Like, what are you getting out of that? It, part of it is that we're not in the locker room, right? Like, we're not the ones who are losing all these games, which yeah. I get... I, I get from the players' perspective, like you don't like it was kind of like the Miami Dolphins a little bit last year, where the yeah. Dolphins weren't that good, and then they started like they beat New England in New England last year at the, like the last game of the year. And yeah, I don't want to talk about that. I try and keep no, that. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's for a, that for a playoff buy, and we lost. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember how Super Bowl Forty Nine ended. It, it's a blur <laughs> to me, but. But no, but it's kind of the same thing where it's like the players at least are playing for pride. Like Frank Gore, yeah. who like uh, I agree, it, it, I get why he's trying to win. And even Darnold doesn't want. Nobody wants to be known as the guy who is on a one uh, zero and sixteen team. Yeah, no. As a player, you always try to play to win because like you could care about the number one pick, like because you could be gone the next season and right. So as a player, like you're not really caring for it. You're just trying to win because it's always better going home happy that you won rather than like uh, we lost again. So I can get that. So especially with like pressure around you, right? And that's you want to win at all costs. Like yeah, that to me that's just a fundamental aspect of a sport. And I think that's what a lot of players on losing teams feel like. They feel like crap because it's like, what, what can you do? Yeah, on a shitty team, but yeah, good good for the Jets for winning some games, although they maybe didn't want to, but yeah. good for them. I I think it's guaranteed that they have the second, so they should maybe attack the offensive line, and because the running game, you can like we traded for Rex, like the Patriots, we traded for Rex Burkhead. He was a known name, got to the Patriots, and he's like a Decent running back. Like you can find decent running backs in like the fifth round. So I think protecting Darnold and buffing up the secondary is most important because he just drafted Denzel Mims last year in the first round. Yeah. And he have Crowder. So you still have like decent receivers. Like Crowder's a good receiver. He's competent. Denzel Mims was kind of in and out of the IR this year. So I think they need to beef up their secondary and 
the O line to protect Arnold because he was like running for his life every snap. The other the other thing I just wanted to add with the Jets is keeping your good players. Like obviously they traded Jamal over the offseason just because they couldn't keep him happy. Uh, Leonard Williams was the defensive tackle who they traded last year. Like getting creating a culture kind of like what Miami's doing of creating a culture where guys want to play for you is a big thing that probably goes unstated not known enough uh I just want to point out that Austria has made it 4-1 oh first goal of the tournament who scored um hold on I think their captain scored Rossi Rossi scored yeah so, shout out, by the way, shout out Sebastian Ranishens, their goaltender. That dude has been putting in work for like the yeah. last week, like five days. Yeah. Put him Which, on a good team. He's lights out. Yeah. Just shout out to Ranishens. Yeah, 4-1 Russia with 12 minutes left in the second. So Austria got their first goal of the tournament, I'm pretty sure. I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, good for them. Good for them. They'll probably be relegated, but good for them. Um, I don't know. That Swiss team's not that impressive either. Yeah, it's Swiss. I think it was just like an off year for them, though. Well, but Swiss, I mean, their yeah. their goal differential is going to be worse than Austria's. So. True. Well, you know, there's no relegation this year, right? Because there is no Division One tournament. Oh, okay. Yeah. So normally the Division One A winners they they come up to the top class World Junior tournament. And then the the loser of the relegation goes back. I think they'll still play the relegation games. They just just for seeding and placing, but they won't actually send the team back or. Oh okay okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. So it was Peters who scored, not Rossi. I just saw oh, the captain, okay. um, going crazy. But yeah, it was Peters who scored. Cool. Um, so I want to move on to the NBA. Week one of the NBA is basically finished. Um. The I want to go over top three seeds in the East. <laughs> the Magic, the Cavs, and the Pacers. Not what I not what I was thinking. The Cavs are three and zero, right? Yeah, that's I, so surprising. I I saw I think it was on I think it was on Instagram like the NBA like power rankings where they had like the Magic as a like the fifth best team in the NBA. It's like okay. Come on, guys. Like, we're one week. The Magic are not the fifth best team like, in the East. Like, I think the Nets are sixth or something in the East or something crazy. Like, they're two and two. But I think a couple of their losses or, like, one of their losses came when, like, KD and Kyrie sat out. So it's like, are you playing the Nets or are you playing, like, last year's Nets? And, and well, and the, and the Lakers had lost to, like, the Clippers on the opening night. Uh, and I was kind of clip- expecting that. Yeah, like yeah. I was expecting it too. I wasn't really anticipating a big win for them. But then the Clippers lose by an ungodly amount to the Mavs. So yeah, I have that written down. Mavs fifty point halftime lead is the most biggest in uh, NBA history since the shot clock era. I think, and I think they said like if the Mavs didn't score any more points and only the Clippers scored, they still would have won by four. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, because they were up like 78 to something. 70, it was 77, 27 and a half. It was like a 50 point spread. It was, yeah. Yeah, and the, cat, and the Clippers put up 73. That's the whole game. 
That's their wild. starting lineup combined for 41 points. Wasn't Kawhi out, though? Yeah, but you literally just signed Paul George to a max, and he only got 15 points. Like, come I mean, on, is dude. Is Paul George really that good? I, I think that was a terrible signing by them. Yeah. I don't I, know what... I, I, I feel like they had to. They had to, be, to try and keep Kawhi to stay, but I don't even know if Kawhi is going to stay. I think it, it felt, the reason why he it, wants it, to get out is because of Paul George. I think I, I was just it, a little... Sorry, go ahead, Ian. I, I keep interrupting you. It felt desperate. Yeah. It, it was really desperate. I don't know one person who thought it was a good idea. Well, after that bubble performance, he put up so many bad games. And, like, they didn't get gain any traction. But they they have the pieces. They just need to... Like, they just need to string... Their chemistry is terrible. They don't have any chemistry... And I think they have a better point guard. I think Beverly's more off the bench type of player. I don't think he's a starting point guard. But they they got they got worse. They got worse yeah. from last year. Yeah. Like the, I think their biggest move was signing Luke Kennard to like sixty million dollars. And the Lakers won the championship and they just got the sixth man of the year, Schroeder. It's like they got better. But yeah. I like mean, Pelican and in the West, like Pelicans, T Wolves, Clippers are in third, but like it's obviously like first to eighth is two and one, and then the Lakers are ninth at two and two. So it's like it's one game. Of, yeah. Obviously, we're it's, like three to four games really into the season. Who's yeah, really it's like about. four games in. So yeah, one team I'm actually am really excited to watch are the Pelicans. Because I, I think they are playing to their potential. Like, if you listen to the last episode, my buddy Doug, he put Lonzo as the most improved player, and he's been playing good. He, I don't know what happened. He had a good year last year, and then he went to the bubble, and he didn't play well in the bubble. I, I don't know what was wrong with him in the bubble last year. But I, and I like Lonzo. Like, I was a big fan of him coming yeah. out of UCLA. Me too. And... and I think New Orleans is a good fit. I think New Orleans is actually like, like they're they're, a, they're definitely a fringe playoff team. Yeah, I think Lonzo. It was a lot better for him to get out of LA because LA carries a lot of like high class blue collar. Like you need to be amazing to play for the Lakers. I think Lonzo's better on a team where they need to build as a team rather than him living up to a certain expectation. Like, New Orleans is a, one of the smallest markets in the league. So if he can build with players he's familiar with, like Ingram, Josh Hart, and um, isn't – no, is Rondo there? No, Rondo. Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta? Okay, I wasn't sure if it was Atlanta or New Orleans. But, yeah, I think Lonzo being able to build with other players from nothing. Like, Zion's the longest tenured player on New Orleans. That's crazy. Well, the, well, that, and, and that's the other thing is that, like, with Lonzo and, and even Ingram to a certain extent, both on the team, it, it's all about Zion with the Pelicans. Like, yeah. the pressure isn't totally on Lonzo and Ingram. Yeah, he's the perform. face of the team now. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And he's going to be exciting to watch. And that's sitting the office. Like, he's like, going to be the face of the league. He's, pretty it's, debat- quick, yeah. it's, it's debatable he's even the face of the league right now. Yeah. I don't know. That like, Luke, Luke guy's Luke, pretty good. Yeah, like with Luca and um, LeBron's there still, 
and like KD and all them. But Zion's like he's gonna be the face of the league in a couple of years. Like he's yeah dominant. Yeah. So I really like the Pelicans. I think they're a fun team to watch. I don't think they're there yet, but they're like a f- exciting team to watch because Lonzo's still a good player. Um, like on the defensive side of the ball, like he got like five steals last game and Ingram just signed to a max and he's like, a, he's really showing out in new Orleans, which is really good to see. And yeah, I'm excited to watch him. Uh, is there anything else within the first week of the NBA that you guys noticed? I think Boston's a little bit overrated. I was watching them play, I think it was Milwaukee the other night. And I was really disappointed with their shot selection near the end against Milwaukee. Now, they still won, and Tatum still hit the essentially game winner over Giannis, which was a really nice shot. But all in all, I was kind of like not as impressed as I thought I would be with Boston. Um, I think they're going to be a better team when Kemba comes off injury. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's good at kind of... Because I think Tatum's really good off the ball and then, like, coming off a roll or, um, like, a someone sets a screen for him and he runs around and then gets into his momentum coming off the ball. I think Kemba's a good conductor of the offense, so I think they'll be a little bit um, better when he comes back. But kind of just round, out, round out the whole team because, again, yeah. the Celtics need that, that facilitator, someone that's going to run – run the floor and Kemba's a great guy to do that for sure and obviously Tatum like he's he's like a he's a star like debatable superstar like he's really really good and I think he still can like control the ball and control the offense but I think he's more of like a step back go to the rim type of player where Kemba he can he can more like facilitate and take the attention away from them that That, that that Tatum shot over Giannis was no fluke. Like, Tatum is that good, and Tatum yeah. can make that shot. Yeah, for sure. So, for sure. Yeah. Um, LaMilla Ball and the Charlotte Hornets upset the Nets 106-104. And that's one of the games I think KD and Kyrie were playing. So, how about that? That, that statement yeah? there is just a shocking storyline. Yeah. <laughs> that whole thing just kind of just – I'm just so con- – I don't get it, but that's 20, you know. LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward outshine Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinn, like, <laughs> just list off the whole Brooklyn team, and Jesus. Yeah, I, I like the flashiness that LaMelo is still bringing into the NBA from his Spire and, like, Lithuanian days. Yeah. Because I still like the flash that he brings, and I'm happy he's still doing it in the NBA. And I think I that think, was the issue his older brother had. Lonzo wasn't as confident in L.A. I think he just that's why he didn't perform as well in Los Angeles. But like you guys said earlier, with the Pelicans, he'll be better. Um, you're 100% right, Jevin. LaMelo's got a little more flair to his game. I think he's going to – he'll be a star in this league, I think. I Yeah, he just needs to get – his shooting needs help. Yep. So, I've, like, it's kind of like a Ben Simmons type of thing. Like, Ben Simmons is a flashy player. Obviously, like, different position, kind of. Like, Ben Simmons is, like, a bigger player, but they still can kind of run the point. But LaMelo, if he just gets his shot up, even instead of going 1 for 10, he just even goes, like, 4 for 10, 5 for 10. He'll still be, like, a bit more of a threat, but I still think his shot needs some work. But, man, like, his IQ and, like, defense is very good. I think his defense is a bit underrated. Like, he's kind of good 
he can kind of poke the ball free and his playmakings he throws dimes like you you don't have to worry about that like he does stuff that you can't teach true but yeah i think his shooting just needs to come into form you know yeah and that'll just take time getting used to the nba kind of speed of game and how it is different from his uh his uh younger career playing days so yeah like how much like how far do you need to be from your guy to get a shot off like how yeah exactly they're just athletes yeah, and just knowing how to get sh- how to facilitate and create your own shots, and then that's a yeah. big skill you learn in the NBA because you kind of just get given when you're younger, when you're a player like him, like you kind of get given shots. Back when you're you know you're a superstar back in college or back in your other leagues, but once you get to the NBA, you kind of have to create stuff on your own, and um, I think eventually you guys are right. He'll he'll do that eventually for sure. Yeah. Um. So unfortunate news coming from Brooklyn Dinwiddie part. Partially tore his ACL and he's out for the season. I think he's a huge part to the team. Like, I think he was coming, he was starting at shooting guard. And I think that that's really tough for that I, team because it kind of hurts their depth. But I still like Brooklyn, but unfortunate for Dinwiddie. I, I don't know what Din, the, the issue I have with Dinwiddie is just he was with them before like Katie and Kyrie got there. Like he's a yeah. real locker room guy. That That's more I was looking at it from that perspective of losing that voice. But yeah, like you say, it's a, it's a tough piece to lose. And um, the Raptors are starting 0-2. Uh, I didn't really expect a lot from them, to be honest. I have them like a bottom seed. Like bottom playoff team in the east like the six to eight i think i haven't finished in like seventh but yeah the aaron baines signing i felt that was like a desperate signing as well with abaca leaving i don't really think aaron baines is anything like big it's kind of hard to rely on aaron baines to help you on the play does is get dunked on <laughs> like he's on, he's on like four posters, but all for the on the wrong side of the poster. You know what I mean? It's always him getting humiliated. I like the Bane. I like the Bane signing. I, I I think with the Raptors, it just depends on how confident you are that both Fred and uh, Siakam are going to improve. Like I, I'm confident they're improve. Like I had them as a top at least five team in the East this year. And part of that was because I really liked Van Fleet and Siakam, and I thought they were going to take another level this year. But it's still early. There's still time to do that. And you wonder how much the adjustment of not having fans, because again, the Raptors have like a huge fan base, and they're like their Scotiabank Arena now is just packed full every every home game. And you wonder how much of an influence that's going to really have on Toronto and the Raptors, and even some of the other teams in the NBA that do have these super passionate fan bases in maybe smaller markets like i just think utah team like portland even like these smaller market teams that don't have fans and you wonder if that'll play a role in yeah um also john morant just got hurt uh i think it was last night he's out three to five weeks with a sprained ankle report just came out today um hopefully we don't see another obviously it's less gruesome than Rose, because Rose like tore his ACL yeah. and just was never the same player. But like sprained ankles is up there as one of the worst injuries to have because they linger for like your entire life. Like 
the pain will like come back every once in a while. Like he'll probably like sit out a few games like for the next two or three seasons, just like lingering ankle issue or like just rest to like give his ankle some time to like get back to what it was. Like ankles. Fortunately, I've never had one, but just from what I've heard, like my uncle, he sprained his ankle when he was 17 and he's 40 and he's still, his ankle still hurts sometimes like after a workout. The thing with ankle, any ankle injuries, and especially uh, sprains, are so difficult because the I'm, – I mean, so background uh, for Jevons viewers, I'm in human kinetics, so I study this kind of thing. And um, ankle bones and just the foot bone as, as a whole is so complex, and there's so much going on there. It's just – yeah, it's it's a nightmare to heal and to recover from. So, yeah, I hope Jaw gets, to, gets a good recovery, and hopefully nothing's too serious. Because he's one of the most exciting up-and-comers to watch. He's so... He's electric. Just like... Um, sorry, go ahead, Ian. Well, I was going to say, with, like, I don't want to say it, it's, it is a little bit not surprising to myself because he, like, he, like, jumps and lands so aggressively. Too. Like, it's not... Yeah. I'm not totally surprised to see him get... Like, I wouldn't... I'm not trying to wish any bad luck on anybody. I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Zion gets that kind of injury or um who's it like a um, like jimmy butler too to a certain extent like those guys who just go up for the ridiculous dunks yeah uh, it's not, like i'm not hoping someone gets injured but it's not really surprising and hopefully it's only three to five weeks like hopefully he get like Morant gets back and he's healthy and he can just be the star that he was before he got hurt yeah i agree so um that's week one of the nba uh, just kind of going over big headlines. Uh, if I missed anything, then you can rip me in the comments. But that's uh, that's what I noted down. Um, I wanted to touch on some NHL coming up. I have a question from that was sent in to me. But training camps just around the corners, about a week away. And I just wanted to go over some transactions that happened. If you guys have anything that I haven't said. And chime in, but I'll quickly fire off some, and then we can circle back to whatever we notice. Sure. So, um, Anthony Duclair signs a one-year deal to Florida. Uh, Mike Hoffman signs a PTO, but obviously they just have to work out the Alex Dean retirement and Tarasenko LTIR, get some money figured out. But he basically signed to St. Louis. Um, Sorelli just chalked up a three-year deal. Um, Tampa Bay... Acquired Gabrick and Anders Nielsen just for LTIR reasons from Sens for Braden Coburn, Paquette, and a second-round pick. Yeah. And Sens also required Step and from the Yotes for a second-round pick. So they kind of second-round pick going out, second-round pick coming in. And Perry and Frolik uh, sign a one-year, basically minimum contract, $700,000 deal with the Habs. So... That's what I've written down. Do you guys have anything that you notice happened? Because there was a lot of like kind of training camp signings and free agent signings that are happening a bit more and more. No, uh, I like I like all those moves. Um, they all have a good reason for them, and yeah. I like the one that sounds to me is the Hoffman uh, professional tryout, and like you said, Jevin, it's related to Tarasenko and Steen, and I think Hoffman's a great way to at least for the long for now to replace those two guys, and yeah, he's a scoring winger got it got a good shot and got you know get some good playmaking he'll be good on a power play um so yeah 
I like the signing from the Blues. That that one, that's the one that stood out to me at least. He's gotten like 30 goals in each of the last two years. I'm pretty yep. sure. And yep. Tarasenko is one of those players who has a really underrated shot, and Hoffman's a really underrated scorer in this league. And I think he was hoping for a payday, but obviously with the pandemic going on, no one's really going to get that except for one-year deals to teams who have cap space. But the one that stood out to me was Duclair or Sorelli. Because everyone was looking at Tampa like their cap situation was bad. And they had like Johnson on five mil. They still had to sign Sergachev, Sorelli. Like they had to move some money around. And obviously Kucherov going to the LTIR because he just got hip surgery. Obviously that helps them. But like it doesn't because obviously Kucherov's one of the best players in the league. But it gave them the opportunity to sign Sorelli because you can bring Kucherov back for playoffs and then some players are going to be off the books next year. But Sorelli, he was like in top five voting for the Selkie this year. Like he's, I think I read a, or I heard a stat that five on five scoring like during like a two week stretch when Sorelli was on the ice, 29 goals for, only four against. That's insane. Yeah. And that just shows you how valuable a guy like Sorelli is. A young, you yeah. know, young two-way center. He plays big penalty kill minutes, plays in all situations. He could probably even play power play. He's just mm-hmm. so versatile, and he's uh, going to be the second-line center in Tampa for a long time, which isn't a surprise. Yeah, he's a player that can play up and down the lineup, and if you need him to step in, as even just like a first-line winger, like, Hey, like, we need some energy out here. Play with the big guys. Maybe it can cause some turnovers and then let them get the puck. And we, now we have momentum in the offensive zone. Yeah. Like, he's he's a jitterbug and so hard to play against because he's, like, in your grill, like, in your kitchen at all times. He's f- so fast. Like, I don't know if you've, like, seen this guy skate, but he can motor. Yeah, kid, the kid can fly, that's for sure. But he's not Braden Point. Yeah. Braden Point can fly. Oh, that guy's just so smooth like he can go from one speed to another speed and like yeah like just like that but he's just he's so smooth it's so nice to watch Braden Point yeah play. him and Barzell are in that same class of like skating yeah. even yeah. Larkin you could throw Larkin in there too as like young up-and-coming centers and yeah guys can just fly so much like, and, and then you have McKinnon where it's just like he's almost breaking the ice with how like aggressive he skates but he's one of the fastest skaters in the league He's a league of his own because he's just powerful as well. Like yeah. the other three are just so quick. strong. He's like a bulldog, but yeah. he has like he's, yeah, he's wheels on him. Yeah, time for the Avalanche to win another. Also, cup. Uh, yeah, they're cut favorites right now. I think they're plus eight hundred or something from the hot. cup. And yeah, hot. so if they can get rolling in a shortened season, like a fifty-six game season, I think this is like good for teams like that because yeah. like. Kale McCarr is obviously into another season just coming off the Calder. Yeah. It's time for McKinnon to win a goddamn heart because he yeah. deserves it. Which I'll uh, carry on, uh, yeah, Scott. And watch out, watch that Byram kid come off the World Juniors and go right into the yeah. Colorado lineup. Yeah, he's so, like, he's a. Yeah. Him and Kale McCarr are going to be some of the. Like, him, Kale McCarr, and Quinn Hughes, they're all the same type of defense. Yeah. But they're all. Smooth skating defenseman, and they can make any play that they need to. So patient. It's yeah. And the prospects that are coming into the league are 
the NHL is going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, in the, the and Colorado's Colorado's a scary team. Yeah, they're going to be next year. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so time for the press questions. Um, send in your questions at leftsideheavy.thepod on Instagram or to my personal Instagram at jevin.lefave. But um, this comes from at MacLock, who on the sh- just last episode, but he asks, why do you believe voter fatigue for the Hart Memorial is such a big thing in the NHL? So that they never really want the same guy winning it either back-to-back or like two within three years, even if they deserve it, but they want someone new when they don't think they deserve it. So why do you think it's such a big thing in the NHL? Uh, I just think they would like to spread to spread the wealth. It's kind of how the NHL is all together. I was just yeah. making sure they hit, you know, different pockets. Like, honestly, I, I've talked about this with Scott before. You just give the heart to McDavid every year that he's in you the league. Could. Like, yeah, you like, could. Like, like, like McDavid throwing into football, but, but like Patrick Mahomes, like all those guys deserve LeBron the MVP. LeBron James in the NBA. Yeah, like, yeah, like you, you throw it to – you give the MVP all those guys every year, but then it's not really fun. Then it's not really exciting. Then it's not really a conversation. There's not really a storyline to it. It's just, oh, here's McDavid getting another MVP. Here you go. Where, yeah. you know, like you say, McKinnon – like there's an argument for McKinnon. I think you can make an argument for Austin Matthews. Yeah. I, 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 I – like – I think Panarin should have won it last year, in my opinion. There's yeah. an argument to be made for Panarin. Well, I think that's why the Ted Lindsay Award is also awarded in the NHL, is because those are two, although the same player could win both awards, you just don't, like, it could be very different. It could be, you know, maybe McDavid wins the Ted Lindsay every year because he is the best player in the NHL, but then he's I, not the most valuable yeah. on his team because a guy like Drysaddle is on his team. Like And like you said, Panarin could win it because he, on a team of Rangers, which weren't, all that great he kind of propelled them to the playoffs yeah that's what a lot of players would rather win the ted Lindsay than the heart mm-hmm. i've Maybe. heard in like multiple interviews because nhl players vote for the ted Lindsay. so basically yeah. you're the ted Lindsay's like nhl execs and voters like for the league they don't have to play against these players but nhl players do so I think those are the votes that matter the most. Like I'd rather win a Ted Lindsay than a Hart, even though Hart carries like a bigger name. But the Ted Lindsay is like, these are the guys who I play against, and they think I'm the MVP or the best player in the league. Like that's a huge honor to carry, rather 100%. than like than Bill who weighs 250 and hasn't stepped on ice before. He's voting <laughs> to be the NHL MVP or this guy when they they're just going off points, goals, assists, and yeah. maybe plus minus. But I think the Ted Lindsay is the bigger award to win, in my opinion. But for a player themselves, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think you're right yeah. about that. I, it just means more. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, yeah, just like the players you play with. Like, if I was in the league, obviously not. But if I was in the league and I was, I got a vote from Patrick Kane that I was the best player in the league. I'd be like, yo, that's like fucking rights. Like that's unreal. Yeah, hundred percent. But. Obviously, the heart's still amazing to win, but yeah, I think Ted Lynn. Ted Any Lynn's NHL is, award, even like yeah. a Bill Masters or like a Lady Bing, like those are these are still significant awards, right? And that's yeah. for sure. Um, what team do you think is a dark horse team to look out for? Oh, and, really and uh, take 
into account that it is 56 games. So if you can get hot, then yeah. If you can get hot quick, look out. Yeah. 50, 56 games with the new divisions, which is like something really interesting. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> I'm gonna go first. I'm a, I'm a, I might take Ian's thunder here. I'm gonna say Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Okay. Like Carter Hart's a stud. Ian and I yeah. talk way too much, but he's a stud. Um, I like their offense and their quick strike team. And now they're now that their defense core is getting a little better. Provorov, um, Myers, even. Um, yeah. Gosses are still around. Sa- Sandheim's still there too, right? Yeah. Yeah, bunch of bunch of these guys that are just really solid, and you can't look. You know, Kachuri is a elite, elite two way center. Very underrated center in the very, league. Exactly, very underrated. He has talked about enough. Yeah, Konechny is also quite underrated in my opinion, and um, they just have a they have a good group of players there, and I think. Philly's going to be the team to beat in that like now East division. That's a that's actually a good pick. That's not the team I was thinking of, but that's actually a good pick. Um, I might be a year early on this team, and I I'm really going dark horse here, but I'm going to say the LA Kings. I'm I'm going to say the LA Kings. I'm going to say I might be a year early on this team, but. I I just think with how the Pacific is set up this year, or the West, or whatever the, whatever it's called, I just think the Kings. If Jonathan Quick, I'm 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 counting on a quick bounce back season. Uh, I'm counting on a Drew Doughty bounce back season. I'm counting on them getting enough scoring this season. Uh, on. I, it's 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 the dark horse again. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say LA. I don't know that they're gonna make any noise. They might be like the Blackhawks of last season, where they they sneak in, they make some noise. Probably not gonna win the cup, but they'll they'll be interesting. They'll be a team to watch. How many other prospects at the World Juniors do you think will make the LA Kings roster? Because there's nine guys total at the Juniors. How many Kings do you think will be on their opening roster? Do you think do you think Byfield's there? I think Byfield's there just because I don't know what they're going to do in the OHL. Like, I have no idea how the OHL season's going to go, so they might just call him up and have him play. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I can see Turcott making it. I was going to say him, too. Yeah, he'd be I don't bad. know if Byfield makes it. I it, think he's still really young. And, like, he might – I think a, a year grooming, wherever it is, will benefit him rather than throwing him with the Wolves. But I do think Turcott makes it. But I think Byfield – like, I think the six-point game tonight was huge, but he was kind of unnoticeable in the first couple games. Maybe not unnoticeable, but he didn't do, like, a ton. I still think he's the second-best player from that draft. But I think give him one year to groom and then bring him up. That's and that's, just, that's the whole thing with the Kings, right? Like, the Kings have nine prospects playing I, this year's World Juniors. Like, I, I could be, like, a year early on these guys, and the yeah. Kings could absolutely... Like, they have an older team, too. Like, they have the Kopitars, Dustin Brown, Drew Doughty, Jonathan Quick. Like, I could be completely off here because they have the older guys. But maybe a, a longer offseason will help, you know, revitalize them. Um, and, and they can go on a run and make the playoffs, hopefully. Jevin, what's your pick, man? I kind of want to say Winnipeg or I don't know why, but Carolina. Hmm. I think Sveshnikov and Aho they took a really big step last year, and I think they even get 
take a bigger step. And then they still made the playoffs with Dougie Hamilton out for a long time, and now he's coming back yeah. next year. And, yeah, I, I just think they they made really big strides last year, and I think they can be in a shortened season. They get, they're get they a hot team that can get rolling for periods and periods at a time. So I think they can be like, – are they really a dark horse? Maybe not, but like they're not. I don't think they're a contender yet. But I think they can give a lot of teams a lot more trouble this year. They're in the South Division too, right? Or like the Central. Are yeah, they're in the Central. And that's interesting because I don't think the Central Division is that good. So I think they might. I think it, you're. I think it's a good pick. They might be the top team. Carolina, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, Tampa. Tampa. Yeah. So you know, I think Carolina finishes. I think they finish above Chicago, above Columbus. I think. Uh, I don't know about Dallas. They're a weird team. I don't know. I think they had a explosive year last year. I think Carolina finished above Dallas this year. Maybe that's a hot take, but I, I think they finished second or third in this division. The, the thing about the Hurricanes, they, they kind of got screwed last year. Not screwed, but, I mean, didn't Spetch go off with an injury and he was out for the rest? Like, it was kind of yeah. iffy if they were going to beat the Bruins anyways, but then they lost Spetch and then it just yeah. went downhill from there. That's that's just an X factor coming into next season. It's, yeah. you know, the motivation of that. Yeah, so there's going to be a full uh, NHL show for the next two episodes after this so we'll go i'm like i'm having my cousin on and we're gonna go a lot more detailed into all the teams or at least most of them but yeah that's all i have about written down for uh this episode do you guys have anything else you want to add in uh thank you for coming on or thank you for letting us uh, (laughs) come on um uh, but no this uh, is great this is a great show i I appreciate it jevin thank you yeah, this was a lot of fun. I had a yeah, I had a great time talking to you guys. Um, yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. You have a great setup there with the mic. Got the TV going beside you. You're you appreciate. It. I I just set this up uh, today. I got a L-shaped desk for Christmas, and then I just got this chair today, and then I've had this kind of mic setup. So I literally just finished the setup today, which is kind of funny. But oh. I was. This mic was uh, operating off my nightstand for like the longest time, and I had to bring a stool in from my basement, which is like an ottoman, and then I had to stack pillows on top of it because it's like really uncomfortable. Yeah. So I've I invested my money into a chair, and I have a little bit more of a professional setup here. But I'm waiting on a desk lamp here to make my face a little brighter. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot more comfortable today than That's sitting good on my to hear, man. ruining my back. Yeah. Um. You guys, uh, plug whatever you guys want to do. I know you guys have a lot going on on your end, but plug away. Um. Yeah. I was gonna say mostly Instagram. So speak. You are peace. Uh, you can find us there on Instagram. We're on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, I I got so much going through my head right now, Scott. If you like, I got so much running through my head. I can't think of what. If there's anything else I'm missing. Yeah. And again, we're, you know, we're starting to grow, get, you know, get a little bigger now. We've got a different following. We're trying to branch out from just sports. I think that's something that we've always, you know, been trying to do for a while. And um, all of us creators are kind of contributing to that and creating more original content is always our goal. And But we love coming on and joining you. It's been a lot of fun. 
Um, and we'd love to do it again if you yeah. have us. So the other thing, yeah, I was, I, the, the other I thing I was going to say, the other thing is that Scott's wearing actually one of our shirts right now. Yeah. Uh, we do. We have a shirt giveaway going on right now. We have a post in our Instagram story. Uh, like it, follow us. You know the whole deal. Tag a friend. We're doing a shirt giveaway on New Year's Day. So if you want a, 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 a actually pretty sweet uh, speak your piece shirt, uh, you might be entered to win. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, go check them out. Speak you are peace on Instagram. Check them out. Is it, are you guys Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube? Yeah, that's where, our, where you can find us. Uh, Spotify, Apple Pods, YouTube, you name it, we're there. Yeah, great episode, great podcast I got going on over there. And obviously, you know where to follow me, at Jevin.Lefave on Instagram. Follow the podcast at leftsideheavy.thepod, um, at JevinLefave on Twitter, and at SideHeavy on Twitter. Um, intro, outro music, as you know, is Savage by Tom Ivory featuring Six Man, part of the Get Well Soon mixtape on all platforms. And that about does it, boys. Thank you again for coming on, and thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. I just gotta let go Went from ducking and fucking and now I got put in the friend zone There's no need for discussion, I just really loved how you get low But I'm dipping, I'm cutting the shorty and we're being ten toes, ten toes I, I, I just gotta let go, call me a Benzo, pay it all cash, I won't take no rentals, killing my vibe.